Chapter 24. It's finally Friday, and Daddy, Bianca, and I are walking down 125th Street. Daddy couldn't take everybody to the movies, thank goodness, but he asked Senora Luz's permission to take Bianca, and Senora Luz almost kissed him for giving her the afternoon off. You two are all y'all got on this block, Daddy says as he walks us down to the train. Bianca, you look out for Ebony, and Ebony, once you learn the lay of the land here, you'll look out for Bianca. I try to stay normal and regular. I'm real quiet as Bianca walks beside me, and I keep my eyes on all the normal and regular things happening in Harlem. On almost every block, a fire hydrant spews out white foaming water, and perfectly normal kids jump in and out, screaming and laughing. In front of one of the boarded-up brownstones is a wide cardboard, and another small group of perfectly normal kids slide down the cardboard covered steps as if it were part of a regular old jungle gym. A big regular radio sits on top of a broken car blasting normal, heavy bass music that seems to make the whole city vibrate. Others are spinning on their heads on another piece of cardboard, and they look as if they're breaking their bones, breakdancing, perfectly normal. I've never seen so much cardboard, broken glass bottles, old tires, torn mattresses, messy, colorful letters on crumbling walls in my life. This is normal. This is regular old Harlem. I just let my normal eyes rest on everything, watching and not letting anything slip through the card, through the closed doors of my imagination location. And I don't say a word to Bianca either. She's regular and used to all this normal. I do notice some things. Every other man in the neighborhood knows my daddy. They call him by different names. My main man, Julius. What's going down around town, Jules? DJ Jewel Thief wins the next block party. Freeman, you think you could free this man by lending me a few bucks? Some of the men ignore Bianca and me, but one says, These two years? You get around town, Jules. Got you a Puerto Rican one and a black one. No way, man. Just one of them's mine. Daddy responds, Can't you tell? Sure I can. Put a mustache on her and you won't even know the difference. I don't let me think I don't let myself think that Daddy is the king here. But some men who look just like Lester, scratching their arms and necks and wearing dirty clothes, run toward Daddy offering to sell him all kinds of junk. A fancy doorknob, a pair of old leather shoes, a gold watch, even a carton of milk. Word on the street is your kid's mama walked out on you and left you to raise that girl child by yourself, the man says, with missing teeth and only a narrow patch of hair left on his head. Could use some milk, ain't that right? Come by the shop tomorrow is all Daddy says without buying that junk. We reach the long overhead train tracks that run along Park Avenue. I smile to myself, thinking of the many ways a flying train can be a spaceship, a giant meteor racing through the galaxy, or a robotic weapon against the sonic boom. But I press my lips tight, forcing myself not to say another word. I have to try with all my might not to blurt out something crazy. I see you looking up, but we're not going on that train, broomstick. Daddy says, that takes you up north. We're going downtown. He pats my head as he and Bianca start going down the steps that seem to lead to the very center of the earth. I stand at the top of the stairs, not moving one inch. Daddy's already at the bottom when he realizes I'm not behind him. He sighs and shakes his head. Oh, I done forgot you never took the subway before, he says. His voice echoes as if it were coming from a whole other galaxy. He walks back up and extends a hand to me. 
Bianca is covering her laugh, so I don't take Daddy's hand and walk down the stairs on my own. I stop midway because I can hear the loud boom rolling from that place at the bottom of the steps. I can feel the ground moving beneath my feet. It's just a sound, I tell myself, but sonic means sound, and boom is exactly how it sounds. It's a sonic boom, I blurt out. It's a train coming, Daddy says. Don't start none of that nonsense now. It ain't a game here, so you better act right, and we gotta catch the movie in time. And that's the only thing to make me walk into the belly of the sonic boom. Down in the subway, there's a rolling, screeching sound, as if it were getting ready to make that boom, bip, blap, rat-a-tat-tat music like how the mignonettes rock back and forth between jumping into the ropes. Bright lights shine on all those dirty covered walls, but they're not bright enough to light the corners and faraway places that look like the end of all existence, as Mama would say. And that's called hell. A big sign says this is 125th Street. There's a little square house with wide windows in the middle of this underground place, and in it is a man in a blue uniform. Maybe he's king of this place. No, there's no king. This is the subway. This is normal. We're going to see Star Trek 3, and that's when I can let the doors to my imagination location swing wide open. For now, I lock them shut, stand against them, and hope that not even a little breeze, like the one blowing in from somewhere deeper in the subway, comes knocking them down. I got a token, Mr. Freeman, Bianca says, her first words since leaving our block. You keep it and crawl under that turnstile like every other kid, Daddy says. Huge black gates separate the man in the small square house from the rest of the subway. We have railroads and train stations, too, down in Alabama, but they're outside and not underground. On the other side of the black gates and spinning metal bars called the turnstile is the train platform. Bianca runs onto the train platform as if riding an iron dragon Deep under this already heavy city with its tall buildings and million cars is the most normal thing in the universe. Daddy motions for me to crawl under the spinning metal bars, too. This is not a portal. This is not a wormhole. This is the subway, I tell myself, and it smells terrible. If Mama were here, she'd spray some perfume onto her handkerchief and cover her nose with it. What an incredible smell you've discovered, I say, just like Han Solo in Star Wars. But Daddy just shakes his head at me, and I watch him put a bronze coin into a tiny slot next to the turnstile. He pushes through, and it makes another strange sound that clings chains. Ching, 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 ching. Other than that, it's quiet now, and I turn to look down at the train tracks. This is the ultimate void, the dark abyss, the home of ugly aliens like the Klingons. Or maybe it's the meeting place for the nefarious minions. I was wrong about the church basement. This is where they all plot to take over the world. And here I am, standing with their king, ready to plunge into this evil lair. I can't help it. Everything is as plain as the sun, the moon, and the stars. This is another planet.